Hello and welcome back to the bottom bins. I don't know why I sound so chirpy to be honest because I'm actually really, really depressed right now and have been since Sunday. Um, Wonder why. Yeah, well, I suppose we're going to get into that. Yeah. Um, so listen, guys, we're just going to try a new format for this episode for to the listeners at home. Don't be afraid to let us know in the comments. Text us on Instagram, text us on TikTok, whatever it is you want to get in contact with us. Tell us if you like this style of podcast or if you prefer our old podcast. We just want to try something a wee bit different today and see how it how it pans out, really. So I think best thing to do, lads, just going to throw it uh, to Oren. Oren, you're going to introduce all the games for us. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to just be a bit, bit of a roundtable debate. We're just going to chirp in and talk about certain things rather than have... A presenter say, yeah. ask a question. It's to give all of us an equal voice here, yes. so that's what we're going to run with. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I would like to say a big happy birthday to Owen McCardle, our very own Owen McCardle, hey. turns 22 today. Um, so happy birthday to Owen, and make sure in the comments and wherever you get in contact with the bottom bins to wish Owen a very happy birthday. Or if you want to call him anything else, <laughs> work away. If you want to join me in calling him a knob, <laughs> make sure and press the like button on this video. <laughs> if you're in contact to call him a knob, press three. <laughs> like, comment and subscribe if you think that Owen is a penis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, happy birthday, Owen. Yes, you have happy a fantastic birthday, day. Thank you, Owen. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully your opinions won't be as shit as they usually are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Insert obligatory Taylor Swift re- uh, reference here. Okay, so look, we're all United fans apart from Owen. Um, he's got, he's going to love this segment. Um, we'll have to start with the biggest news in football this week, which was unfortunately against Manchester United. Liverpool absolutely destroyed us at Anfield. A 7-0 victory. Um, look, boys, just let's just talk about it. We need to talk about it. <laughs> Where do you even start? Like, I know. Why is it the team that you give so much criticism to on this podcast? And I am the biggest culprit of it. I have called them all shite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it always just comes back to bite you in the ass, like, doesn't it? Look, in all seriousness, on that day, I was absolutely fuming. And I mm. wanted to just go and hide for the week. And I was joking about with you guys. I was saying, I don't even want to do the bottom ends this yeah. week. I don't want to take... Which is completely fair, though, lad. <laughs> Did not want to take the licks from Liverpool fans. Mate, the abuse I've got all week. Oh, it's mate. Ridiculous, it's ridiculous. They might have fucking taxed on my Instagram DMs. People just go and delude it. It's well seen the shirt up now, though, isn't it? It's well seen the shirt up now. I know. I, people call me deluded. Fair enough. I'll take it this week. <laughs> um, look, it was an absolutely brutal performance. Um, it's the worst this team have played under 10 uh, yeah. No, No doubt about it. Uh, you know, at 2-0, I actually thought United could still get back into 100%. the game. And they squandered some serious chances. But look, I have to give credit where credit's due. Like Liverpool were by far the better side on the yeah. day. Yeah. Seven shots on target, seven goals. Like that's, clinical, like that's completely clinical. That, that accuracy is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, a player that I've given a lot of shit to this year, Darwin Nunes. Of course, he just has to... Well, it was written in the stars for Darwin, for Darwizzi and, and Cody Gakpo to score against us, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I just, it, it was always going to happen, like, wasn't yeah. it? And yeah, Gakpo, of course, the guy that was meant to be at United in January is the guy that ends up scoring two against United. Yeah. Um, look, a few days upon reflection now, a few days have gone, gone by. Yes, I was felt like absolute shit on Sunday, but I, see, sitting here today, I actually feel all right, to be yeah. fair. Like, yeah. 
listen, we're still Carabao Cup winners. We just went on a really good run. Every time we've got a bad beating this year, we go on a run. Yeah. So I would expect us to do the exact Absolutely. same. It'll be the making of this team. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to Thursday night, get back out in the Europa League. And yeah, um, all credit to Liverpool. Liverpool fair play guys you just did embarrass us and I can yeah. say nothing more than that yeah absolutely like Anfield is always a tough place to go and like we've, we've said about it in the last few weeks in the podcast that form completely goes out the window uh, when United play Liverpool and look <laughs> since Klopp's been there United have only scored one goal at See Anfield yeah. like um, it's, it's ridiculous um, so it was always going to be tough like no I haven't won either Dorman no. um, but look if you had asked me, what are you laughing at, you dick? <laughs> just, just the way you said that there. What? You no, know, have one either, Dorman. No. <laughs> Suck my ass. <laughs> just, just got me off guard. I'm trying to be behaved. The, see, see the difference in this year and last year when we got bit like 5 nil to them? There's a bit yeah. of a difference because I think we're in a better place. I just scored 7 this time, Dorman. That's the difference. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good one, lad. I'll let you away because it's your birthday. Um, <laughs> no, don't, don't, lad. Um, no, it's just a bit of a You're difference. The, the place that we're, the place that we're in, we've lost one game in twenty-four in all competitions, uh, and the way the media reacted, it was as if the I world know. was crumbling. But it, it is a bad defeat to your rivals. Oh, hundred percent. But it's worth three points. Yeah, and it's three points we'd never get at Anfield, as you said. So it's not the worst if we can just respond well. I think we'll be okay. That's why Absolutely. I wasn't as down in the dumps because mm. we won the cup the week before. Yeah, it was coming, lads. To be honest, oh, hundred percent. You if could you tell like, we were given up opportunities, <laughs> yeah. so it, it was happening. We were going to eventually. I don't well, think we're going to get beat fucking seven. Now, <laughs> no, I, 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 I know we're going to get beat eventually. Some of the goals we conceded as well were just horrible. If like, I came to you before we played Barcelona in the second leg yeah. and said we're playing Barcelona, Carabao Cup. West Ham and Liverpool. If you were to lose one of them games, which one would you choose? Yeah, you'd choose probably Liverpool. You'd choose yeah. Liverpool because you're not... Re- like, I know we've been saying, oh, United's in a tight race yeah. and all, whatever. But you're not realistically properly competing for the title. No. It is between Arsenal and Man City at the minute. Yeah. So if you were to lose one of them games, you'd rather stay in three competitions that you yeah. genuinely have a chance of winning. And look, we've already won one. And <laughs> we've discussed it in, in the... like review of our cup final games United would be strong favourites or or at least f- the favourable team in the Europa League and the FA Cup as well like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like? yeah so with 21 games in 75 days or something silly as well like, yeah, so we're tired but that's still not an excuse no it's not an excuse some of the performances like Luke Shaw obviously has been really good this season but he was I thought shit. he was horrendous yeah. like even the second goal was just one of the worst goals I've ever seen it was like pinball like it was just coming mm-hmm. back to them and yeah. then they Harvey Elliott got an assist. He played well too. That's two games he's let himself down in though this season. Yeah, Liverpool so. away and Arsenal away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big games. United yeah. have struggled. If you yeah, look at struggled. it. That's where he struggled against Saka. We have yeah. struggled away from home. We've lost to City. We got stuffed. We've yeah. lost to Arsenal. We lost by a goal but they were the better team. We yeah. lost to Liverpool. Got stuffed. Um, We've only won one, one game away against the top 11. Mm. Yeah. That's not good enough like. No. The, defensively the other day just were shambolic. Yeah. Some of the goals, can even see the it. first goal for like, on. nearly every goal United Dreadful. player got a significant touch in the ball. Yeah, yeah. Either to clear it or to just get it the hell out of there. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like as you said, the second one was fucking like a FIFA oh, goal nearly. Yeah. I don't know where it came from though. Like, no, no. like the first half, we were hundred percent in that game. That's what I was gonna say. First forty minutes, we were the better side. Like Rashford yeah. could have scored. 1-0 is probably a totally different game. Bruno, not blaming Rashford for that. Bruno should have. Bruno should have scored with the header. The header yeah. yeah. What chances? Um, like. Look I think the reaction to Bruno's performance has been oh, crazy. awful as well. Mm. Nonsense, like saying he shouldn't be captain that's and stuff. I guess here, hundred percent, he should be our captain. Yeah. You just see the statistics; like we're better with him than yeah. without him. And 
as captain, he's only lost like 16% of his games. This is punditry. Like, me and Connor were talking about this in class. <laughs> um, like, Gary Neville was saying that Bruno was refusing to come off and stuff. Nonsense. That's a narrative that he has created. That is not what happened. And it's stuck as well. And it's stuck with everybody yeah. and everybody saying, oh, the lack of professionalism. Don't get me wrong. Bruno didn't show himself in a great light. No, he, he didn't. He was he a bad loser, like you can he's tell. A bad loser. He's a bad loser. But and I can tell how people hate him because I, of this don't, I don't like yeah, him. A lot of the antics. Oh, like, oh yeah, 100%. But that's, yeah. that's why but he's I can, such I can, I can, I can understand yeah. why you like him because yeah. he fucking puts the ball in the net. Well, to be fair, lad, but minus, minus, uh, minus the, the throwing the arms up because that didn't happen. Yeah. But he did a few things in the game that I think he just let himself down, to be honest. Yeah, he did, yeah. Uh, like the, the pushing of the match official. Yeah. yeah. You're letting yourself down. Very, I know, I understand there. that. But you know what? You're 7-0 that. down against your biggest rivals and you're a born winner. Mate, <laughs> if, that, if anything like that happened to me, I'd be punching the match official. No, don't get me wrong. I, listen, lad, I'm a, I'm a bad loser. You, you know how much oh, of a bad yeah. loser I am. I, am I, I don't lose well, yeah. but at the same time, like, even the dive and stuff like that, lad. At times, I do watch Bruno and I think to myself, like, just fucking wind your neck in. He like, does himself no favours. Like, no, I understand that, that, that Like, that was just stupid. Like, what was the scoreline when he done that? Was it 7-0? 6 at that six stage, nil I think. Time, yeah. like, even if you're successful in trying to get the man sent off, you're not going to score 7 goals exactly. in the next no. five minutes. Exactly. Well, I don't know, lad. Alango was still yet to come on. I was getting excited. It's just stupid. And it's just play-acting that... I'm not going to say creeping in the game because it's not creeping in the game. It's been present in the game for years. It's just more prevalent now. It's just kind of accepted these days, that type of thing. So, like, it's just let himself down. United in general were just, like, as you said, the first 45 minutes was a pretty even game. Like, yeah. like obviously, I didn't watch it because I was trying to clean my bloody room, which takes about five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Still not done. I, <laughs> I, came, I came in just for half time, so it was 1 0, and you were like, right, look, Jack will score, but it's been a pretty even game. I came in like fucking five minutes of the first half it was 3-0 down every uh, time I came back fucking in you can see two more goals yeah like I watched, obviously I watched match a day and stuff and some players just didn't really want to be there like Anthony I thought was very yeah very lackluster very lackluster yeah. lazy we could go through the whole thing yeah, yeah, it's, 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 he was picked out match a day and it showed him just walking back like a turnover and stuff and standing miles offside like me and fucking pro clubs mm-hmm. um, like he's offering nothing to the team at that point and we've talked about how symbolic the fan was, and Luke Shaw didn't have a great game. Yeah. Um, the time Martinez got sauced up by Salah, look at how he's not lucky he slipped. But Martinez shouldn't be the one who has to go. His to woman texted him saying he, that she was home alone. That's why he was running away. <laughs> <laughs> but Martinez shouldn't be the one who has to defend one on one out wide with uh, Mo Salah. Because yeah. realistically, Mo Salah's going to win that battle nine out of ten. Luke Shaw tucks way inside mm-hmm. and gives fucking Salah the freedom of the on field to take on Martinez, yeah. which Salah's going to yeah. win every time. Yep. Martinez actually did do the worst bit of the family. He tried to stand him up, then he slipped. Looks like a dick. Exactly. It's 3 0. But, like, I don't blame him for that. I blame Luke Shaw for putting yeah. him in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the hair shouldn't have been near post. Mm, yeah, you, that's the first thing you said to me after yeah. the goals. The hair shouldn't be. I didn't think the hair could do much. He probably should have done better that one. I think it was a great finish. Yeah. But uh, as a world class goalkeeper, you should be doing better. Yeah. He could have done better that one. He should have done better with Firmino's one, but also that's yeah. 7 0. Doesn't yeah. mean who gives a fuck gives really at that stage. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it takes you back down to what, 5 0 yeah. yeah. if you discount like, those two like, goals. Like at that stage, the yeah, players just don't want to be on the pitch. Oh, no. They just want to be no, gone. Like. There's one thing I do want to talk about just before we move on. Because obviously, look, we're United fans, so we're always going to talk about United more and. We should be giving Liverpool more credit, but it's just not going to happen. If you want that, you go to a different podcast to tell you the truth. Yeah. But Wheat Weghorst touched the Anfield scene before he went on to Anfield, yeah. and that is disgraceful. Disgraceful. And I'll be the first to say that. Like I love Wheat Weghorst. Like, 
and I love what he's done and what he's brought since he came to United. But if you're a Man United player, I don't care if you supported the club when you were a child or not. And he mightn't have. I don't even. I don't even know if that if that is why he done it. But he touched that this is Anfield sign, and that's madness to me because that's your arch rival, and you should be damned for your club when you go on to Anfield uh, as a Man United uh, player. And uh, it's just. Yeah. It's not good enough. But like, do you think Warcourt really understands the significance of that? Yeah, really? like, yeah every does. every player in the world knows the significance of that. Every single player in the world would want to be playing in Manchester United versus Liverpool. It's one of the biggest derbies there is. Did he do it for Burnley when he played for Burnley? No, he didn't. Well, so crazy. why? So, so why do it in a United shirt? Absolutely yeah. crazy. Honestly, Old Horse has given me plenty of reasons to fucking not like him. Tell you the truth, mm. I did say like we're missing a striker, like more. Like I'm not blaming him for the loss, but. We need to go score, like. I know, but not even on the pitch. Let's not talk about what he done uh, on the pitch. This is terrible. off the pitch. Yeah. This is when you talk about unprofessionalism in a Man United shirt. That's the height of it. Mm. Yeah. That is the height of it. But, like I can see him even doing it, kind of like a to take over their traditions type thing. If that makes sense to show. That, like, I, I speak th- in the city. This, this is our house now. If that kind of makes sense, well, my course trying to show up. That like I don't give a shit if this is on field. I'm gonna make, obviously fuck up. Could be at seven nil. Yeah. So then come. Well then spit the on it or something, lad. Don't touch it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was I was talking to Stevie about this. But like, uh, like rip it off the fucking wall. <laughs> this is like an old kind of reference. It's kind of like it's, a lot of people won't get this, but like, I can't remember. Remember Mayo warmed up in front of the hill to try and show that this is our oh, house. Right. Maybe that was him trying to disrespect their traditions by showing. I'm going to do your traditions because I don't give a shit about you. This is going to be my house tonight. Didn't work out, obviously, but no. maybe that's why he done it. <laughs> I, uh, whatever the reason was, he, he shouldn't have done it anyway. Like, like I was speaking to Stevie about it. Obviously, big, big, uh, big fan of the pod and a big, big Liverpool fan. He's he's giving me grief. And, and you, Connor, he's given us both. I know, fuck a lot of grief. <laughs> <laughs> he's given us both quite a bit of grief since the result, but. Like he was saying that Klopp doesn't even allow his players, apart from Henderson, who's the yeah. captain, to touch that sign unless they've won a trophy. Yeah. And he says, other than that, they're, they're not allowed to touch the sign. So for fucking Wheat Waghorst, who's here in the uh, second But you know what, lad? Wheat Waghorst does have a trophy. Uh, I know he's got that. a trophy, but so. I don't care. He shouldn't be touching the, the, the Cezanne. No, agreed. Agreed. Absolutely but like, We don't like to credit Liverpool, but they did play a bit better. And... A bit better. I played more than that. I've never won seven nil. No, I've been a bit. I've been better. What happens when you get better than recently? I've been better than recently because they have been. They have got a lot of stick on this podcast for being dreadful. Yeah. And they're probably favourites. Salah was very good. Salah was very good too. They're common. They're definitely favourites for top four. That's my confidence. Results for Liverpool. Well, Jimmy Carragher thinks they're going to finish above United. Well, he's talking nah, shit. No, talking that's shit crazy. That's just him trying to. He up. slated them for two months, and then suddenly uh, they beat United, and they're the greatest team ever. Again. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, they'll get beat by Real Madrid midweek, and everybody was talking shock. about they how shit they were again. They play Bournemouth away next week, and Bournemouth are terrible. But it would not shock me if they drop, don't win that game. You never know. You never know so from going, to going to the Bernabeu, especially if the way goals really gone now. Look, it's a fucking no. massive ask. But say Liverpool <laughs> score first I in know. that game, My four God. goals. They only need three to take it the extra time. Uh, well, but are they going to keep it clean? They're going to they're keep it clean. To win? They're not going to keep a clean sheet in Madrid either. Like, I know they're no not, way. but it just it's, can help the whole thing fucking roll along. You know what I mean? It's a, like, oh, why? This 7-0 is going to be massive th- this for them is, in terms this, of This is going to be the point we look at Liverpool's season goes. Liverpool went from shade to getting back in the Champions League. Possibly. Like, that, that's how big this result could be for them. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying they will beat Real Madrid. I'll be fucking shocked that they do. But don't be surprised if they put in a good performance against Real Madrid. Yeah, no, definitely not. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, 
Well, I think we'll move on from that one, um, and we'll go to the top of the table. Arsenal, three-two uh, win over Bournemouth, uh, a huge result for for Arsenal um, from two goals down to win it in the ninety-seventh minute with Dorman's first ever player of the week, Reese Nelson, uh, coming up with a goal <laughs> and assist. He's disappeared um, since he was Dorman's yeah. player. Yeah, of the week. I know. he did. He did, but, but he's just a smart. It's. I don't think it's sustainable though. This is worrying me about Arsenal. They, they, this is, they've done this now the past few weeks. They keep coming back after yeah. teams. I haven't seen an Arsenal performance in a while where they've actually you know dominated the game and dominated the share of the goals. Like, well, they beat Everton four 0 fucking midweek last week. Like yeah, but in all seriousness, mate, it's Everton. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I seen that like, game too. See the first forty minutes, Arsenal were dreadful that game. Yeah, they did play well once they scored the goal. But I'm in agreement with you. I'm actually. I said Arsenal's going to win the league, but I'd be more nervous now about that yeah. take because. I thought they were dreadful against Bournemouth, and even the chances they created, they weren't really clear cut. Mm-hmm. They're all scruffy kind of goals, except Nelson's at the end. But like, I, I thought they were poor. And like Bournemouth, I think they're dreadful. Like bottom of the table, the nineteen percent ball, like they just they turned up, got two goals, one off a set piece. They basically had like two or three chances. A better team probably would have beat Arsenal there. Um, but I'd be actually more worried about Arsenal. I'd yeah, be yeah, agree with you. No, even I, Villa a couple of weeks ago it took two yeah. late goals. Exactly, lad. Exactly. And like the thing is, <laughs> like City. Previously, earlier in the day, City go to New- or Newcastle go to City and City fucking blow them out of the water. Mm-hmm. Like Newcastle looked brutal, mm-hmm. absolutely brutal. City played them off the park, and Arsenal's having to come come behind from teams that are in the lower half of the table. It's not sustainable. So Arsenal would need to, would would really need to get their shit in the yeah. gear. Tell you the truth, I've done the humble praise them this mm-hmm. the, this whole season, but do you know what? Like they're 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 really really running the close. It's the title's in their hands, yes, but they need to be careful here. I understand what you're saying, but like they still did win the game. Yeah. And it's the same games that you need to be winning. Doesn't matter how scruffy the goals are, doesn't matter. Like you need to be winning them. Look, look, it's the same agreed. games that win your titles. Agreed, agreed. But the the the, the performances aren't matching the results uh, at the minute. They've looked poor. Look, I feel that result would do Arsenal better than if they had to beat Bournemouth four 0 or something at home. To be honest with you. In terms of the mentality in that transfer, like Arsenal really showed their balls at the weekend. The fight until the 97th minute, like you. <laughs> but you said that for the last like, four weeks in a row. <laughs> it's not sustainable, though. I know it's not, it's not sustainable, but they're still they're do, they've, they've done it like three or four times already this season. They've done it against Villa. They've done it obviously at the weekend. They've done it against United. They've done it against Fulham. But you not think they're riding their luck? You need that, but you do need that to an extent. And like, you create your own luck. As well, like you have to keep going. Like, fo- like Dorm said against Everton, Arsenal for 40 minutes it means they're great for 50 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say they were great for 50 minutes, to be honest. I thought Everton basically threw the. Like, they just gave up. Like, I didn't think Arsenal had great, to be honest. I do, I do agree, like, it is good, good win and all, but if they would have went out and put out a statement and beat Bournemouth 4 0, I think that's way more impressive than coming back from 2 0 down, mm-hmm. to be honest, because they're scraping results. And I've been back in Arsenal, I know Trossard's injured, and is injured. They need Jesus back because of no real focal point up top. They didn't really create anything. Saka didn't do anything really. He is back this weekend. I yeah, think. Yeah, isn't they it? need yeah. him back because I thought like Solanke actually looked better than anybody else. Solanke Arsenal. played like he actually played really game. well, and that's one thing about sort Arsenal. Of well. See physicality. It's like the way you beat Arsenal, like because teams that them. are physical, like Tony was the same. Um, even against Villa, like Watkins was giving them trouble. Like if you're physical with Arsenal, they don't like it. I know it's a big result. It's three points, but. I think if Arsenal have a very tough April, if City can just stay within that two to five points, it could all just underplay each other as well. Mm-hmm. So I would be worried a wee mm-hmm. bit with Arsenal because I don't really feel like they can really drop points. They have got easier fixtures coming up. 
but I, I still worry about Arsenal. What about Bournemouth then? I'm saying bottom of the they're table down, now. They're, like, they're not great. Mm. That's but it. you know what? We've been saying all these teams are down. Southampton look like they're going to go out of I know. You actually you don't want to make any more definitive statements yeah. on this podcast, do you? <laughs> because like here, like I thought United were going to fucking smash Liverpool. I mm-hmm. thought Bournemouth were down and out. I thought Arsenal were certainties to win the Premier League. Like. Uh, I thought Newcastle um, were were likely to get in the, or top to make four. a top four. I thought, I thought, thought Liverpool. Four. I thought Liverpool were were never going to be anywhere near the top four this year. So I I, I genuinely don't want to make any more definitive mm. statements. But in saying that, Bournemouth will definitely be annoyed that they let they Arsenal. Yeah, point, that they didn't come away with at least something out of that yeah, game yeah. because like I tell you, like Bournemouth at times, Bournemouth do play some some nice football. You know they can they can turn on teams very very quickly. They have some talented footballers mm. there. Solanke's a good player. Billings a good player. Tavernier's a good player. These Mark guys are Anthony, all good player. Anthony, yeah, like, these are these are decent players. Yeah. Sanese, the the defender. Mm. Neto, the yeah, goalkeeper. You don't play for Barcelona for nothing. Do you no, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know they do have some decent players, yes. but they just can't seem to get the cohesion right. Yeah. It just, I think if they had a better manager, they might be okay, but. I just don't think Gary O'Neill is really up with it. They give up a lot of leads as well. Like this is the third time this year they've given up a two-goal lead and they've lost. Serious. Like that's that's killer because that could have been nine, nine, nine points, points or even like seven, like even five points. That's yep. huge for keeping you up. But that's nine points for bringing them where that relegation. I know zone. that's the thing. And uh, you're well, well, well. I'm in agreement. Actually, see these saying these statements. They look silly. I said we we're going to go down for them. When I said Spurs were going to get top four, they mm-hmm. lost again. It's very hard. It's very hard. You know any like in terms of table positions, any of them could change again. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Look, it's hard for a club like Bournemouth simply because they're not a massive club to, to be successful in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Like the stadium only holds eleven thousand. Mm-hmm. Do you think the much they revenue they're missing out on? Yeah, because they don't have a facility that holds thirty or forty thousand. They're not just missing out ticket sales; they're missing out concessions. Yeah, the match day sales, people getting beer and pies or whatever at the game. All that they're all missing out in that massive revenue. You, they're all missing out in that massive revenue stream. Yeah. And it is really hard for a team like Bournemouth to sustain Premier League football because they can't bring in the big player, name players. I don't think they could even have a thirty thousand seater stadium. No, one, you I, know? I don't think they'd fill it. Don't I don't think they would fill it either. They're, they're, they're not a big club, but they're they're doing fantastic for the size of club they are. No, they're definitely overachieving. Like, they're, they're punched above their weight, and fair fucks to them. Yeah. And they've been punched above their weight now for the guts of a decade. Yeah, like they're always bouncing in and around the Premier League and top up top of the Championship. Like mm-hmm. it's not a bad position to be in. No, no, definitely not. It's just it's just not a sustainable business model when they don't have that massive stream of revenue coming in, and they probably can't. It wouldn't make sense for them to build a bigger stadium because they probably wouldn't get the money back from it in yeah. terms of crowds coming into it. But you know what? They've been stupid too at times. Like. They paid twenty million for Jordan Abe. They paid yeah. twenty million for Dominic Solanke. It's not like they haven't had money to spend. They've and just they, not they, spent it wisely. They've new owners yeah. now as well who have Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Obviously, yeah. you know when Creed, Creed. is <laughs> the owner of your football club, you're gonna have money laying <laughs> about. Yeah. But in all seriousness, like I think a player we should give a lot of credit <laughs> <Thomas> to. Creed. <laughs> I think a player we should give a lot of credit to is uh, Reese Nelson. Because yeah, yeah. Arsenal have only called on him, you know, two or three times this season, and in the two or three games he's played, he he's has delivered he has help. delivered and produced. So maybe there's maybe there's going to be more opportunities in the Arsenal team for this guy. And big ups to the fellow who tweeted out Arsenal lead a goal, so they bring on Reese Nelson. <laughs> and then he, he, he had his words. He did quickly he did. after that. Yeah, I was not. I'm not familiar with your game. <laughs> 
Uh, well, it, it'll be interesting to see whether he stays at Arsenal beyond this season because he's out of contract at the end of the season and it looks like contract talks aren't going to resume. Well, he would be a fantastic pick-up for somebody else in the Premier League. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, we say Brighton every every single time, time we <laughs> think of, of a team <laughs> in the table. Like such a good team. But even, but even like a Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. If Newcastle were able to get their hands on him as a replacement for St. Maximin, because I don't think St. Maximin's going to be there uh, after I, the season. I, I think I think St. Maximin's all bark, no bite. Like, mm. No, I disagree. I think St. Maximin's a fucking bowler. But, but let's talk about Newcastle then. Let's talk about Newcastle. So the, they got beat 2-0 by Man City. Like, contrary to the Arsenal game, Man City did. It was like a walk in the park. Oh, Man complete, City. complete walk. I didn't in the even park. think Man City played like. And they didn't. Yeah, well they didn't play their incredible football that we're used to. They didn't have to. No. no. Newcastle finishing wise are one Dreadful. of the worst teams Bad. I've ever yeah. seen. They can't take like Joe or Joe Linton's chance. Uh, it was just brutal that miss. Listen, are you talking shit about Joe Linton? Yeah, <laughs> I have to. Well, slag well, this well. is so out of character. Out of six yards, he's six yards out in the centre of the box and he misses. Like he makes me look a dick doing that. So I have to be. I have to call him out. I have to call him out. But I didn't even think City played that well. I actually thought Holland did nothing. You know, he held the battle. De Bruyne was poor as well. De Bruyne was poor. He took off. Yeah, so came on. Actually improved once that happened. Foden was good. Foden's class. Yeah, yeah. He's been definitely. We kept back saying like, why wasn't he in the team? But apparently it's an ankle injury or something he had or Aye. something like that. So him back in it in the team, he's flying. Look, we know City need him. Yeah, we know what City can do when they are on it. They can hammer anybody. Like City could hammer Arsenal six 0 and snowballer whatsoever. They could hammer Bournemouth twelve now if they really wanted to. Yeah, it's just they haven't done it enough this season. Yeah, that's what true. People love that's true. like you think back to games against the likes of the Force game, where they just didn't put the ball in the net and yeah. it came back to bite them in the ass. Look, every week we talk about City here and we're like, okay, either not back the shit or okay, this this is the week to turn the corner. We're going to see City go on one of these twelve win games or whatever. Yeah, it's hard to know what you're getting with City at the minute. But they just have so much talent, as you said. De Bruyne wasn't great, so they brought him on. Who they bring? Oh, Bernardo Silva, he's fucking class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scored a good goal. Like, yeah, he scored a great, it was a great yeah. finish. Bernardo Silva, like, Haaland's a bit off form. Oh, Julian Alvarez, World Cup winner, just chilling on the bench, no bother. Uh, Foden goes out of the team. Jack Grealish, you know, he's a bit of a rat. He's still a fucking good footballer. Um, like, Mares. A few personal grievances there. No, that's fair enough. I, 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 I fully agree with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But like, they just have so much talent in so many areas. It's, it's weird to see them struggling this year. It doesn't make sense. You can't like quantify what the fuck's going wrong. But like, have every week, it's like if they win, I'm like, oh, they're afraid to ship, and if they lose, I'm like, oh, this is a weird city season. So I don't know what to think about City anymore. Well, it is weird though. I, they are definitely in transition. Mm-hmm. There, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like they are definitely in transition. They're they're getting used to playing with a, a, a profile of player that they haven't played with before. And mm-hmm. even look, don't get me wrong. I know he didn't play particularly well the other day, but he got an assist. You know, yeah. he was still involved in the build up of a goal. Um, he missed a, a howler of a chance. To be fair, he keeps missing howler of chances these last few weeks. So I'm really considering taking him out of my fantasy. To be honest, and. Maybe trying to get a more clinical goal scorer in there. Captaincy's definitely not stuck on him anymore. He's lost the captaincy, like. Yeah, he's lost my captaincy a few times now these last few weeks. But, um, no, look, I thought that he... They didn't really have to leave second gear. And this has been a feature feature with Newcastle now these last few weeks. They're fucking brutal. Even in the final. They are We didn't play well at all. Oh, my God. They just have no substance at the moment. No, they don't. It's all... Look at all. We know they're great defending. They do play the ball well enough, but... Side to side, side to side. But you know what, lad? We have praised their defending, and rightly so, this season. 
But the two goals that City scored the other day weren't, weren't, weren't befitting of the so-called best defence in the, the Premier League. The first goal you know? was brutal defending. Yeah. City, laid off him City didn't have to work particularly hard to, no. to get the goals. No. Like, it's, it's weird. Like You've been kind of... You can't obviously be praising Newcastle all season because rightly so. Like They've come... I know that the big money injection, but even still, what Eddie Howe's done is an amazing job. And like I think you almost got conditions to think, okay, Newcastle's getting Champions League football here this season. Mm. And now that like since January the rots kind of set in, you're feeling like you're being really overly critical of them. But at the end of the day, this is a team that was in the bottom half of the table last year and are now sitting fifth in the table. Any other year we'd be praising the shade out of this team. No, I agreed, lad, but what at what standard do you hold them to? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Do you hold them to a team that has probably let top four slip from their grasp now? Yeah. Or hold them to a team that um, it's, it's still progression. It's still progression. Yeah. And it is still progression for them, but just because of that, how good they were at the mm-hmm. start of the season, mm-hmm. you think, kind of feel like they've completely fallen off. Absolutely. Like yeah. they were stalwart in third for a yeah. long, long time, and yeah. now Liverpool's yeah. ahead of Like they're in sixth place. Like. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's the thing, you know, when we're talking about holding teams to, to a certain standard, you know, we're holding Arsenal to such a high standard this year because of how shite they have been in recent years. Mm-hmm. We're holding United to a high standard because of how shite they have been mm-hmm. in recent years. I agree with you, Owen. I do think at times maybe pundits and maybe some of us here are maybe a little bit overly critical on Newcastle because they have been fucking shite and and uh, yeah they've been brutal uh, for for a long time like bouncing up and down from the championship exactly. Yeah. So th- look, the only thing I would say is I think it's maybe because as fans this season, um, you know, we'd maybe got used to seeing Newcastle playing such nice. Football as mm-hmm. such, and yeah. but they just these last few weeks they look to have totally reverted from that. Yeah. And I think you know, when you spend 70 million on a striker, the same way that I would criticize Holland, I think you have to criticize the likes of Isaac as well. Mm. You know, he hasn't been fit, and no. when he has been fit, he, he has looked to score goals, but they can't keep him off the injury table at the minute. Yeah. So you're maybe looking at that going. That's seventy million that was not invested well. But does that mean that Newcastle need to invest better on their backroom staff, or is that just a problem with Isaac, or what? Because you don't know what's going on in the club. That, exactly. That generally could be they just don't have the right people in the right positions. Mm-hmm. They don't have the right physios. They don't have the right um, even sports psychologists. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. There's a lot nowadays that goes on in the background. Mm-hmm. Other than just players yeah. and football yeah. clubs, and maybe that's something Newcastle need to look at more in the future. Agreed. Is maybe some of this investment needs to come away from the actual football team and go into the back room mm-hmm. and get a, get a good setup around these teams because yeah. that's what most of the big clubs have now is really good people behind the people. Like, like obviously you talk about Arteta having a great season. There's, there's a lot of men behind Arteta doing fantastic work at Arsenal. Yeah. So maybe that's something Newcastle need to look at in mm-hmm. the future is mm-hmm. getting that investment into that sort of area. But look at. I think they've started that too because that, that uh, I think it's, was it the head scout from City's going to them now yeah. at the yeah, end of the season like or that, something. Yeah, yeah but that, so they're obviously that, making moves towards it. That's like. what you need to be doing. Like, but like as I've said, like you're looking at it objectively from just like not not taking into account early season. You're looking at Newcastle. Yeah, it's sixth in the table in March. Every Newcastle fan in the country would have bit your hand off for that in August. But just the way it's gone, it's it's become disappointing. It's like a game where you're 2 0 up against a team that's better than you and you end up drawing two all. Yeah. Like you would have taken the draw at the start of the game, no bother, but because of the way the game went, you're nearly disappointed with how it's unfolding. Yeah. It's like Leicester the past few years where they've been looking a cert for Champions League football and they've completely just dropped off. Collapsed it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, maybe that is just the difference in quality between some of the sides. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, look, you do look at Newcastle's team, and don't get me wrong, there are some good footballers there. But there are some still clangers in there. But like, yeah, there's yeah. you look at 
that team and you think, I will look at upgrade there, I look at upgrade there. Yeah. They're, they're meant to the like Jacob Murphy to come off the bench. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a good footballer, well. but he's mm. not as good. But, but, but it's like, not Champions League. Like, long staff and boys to God. Like, Joe, Joe Willock, like, if he was yeah. any good, he'd still be playing for us. So like, like, uh, Almiron was playing at such a high level at the start of the year and he's just dipped off. And I, yeah, that's the thing. So like, killer. They can't score goals and he's scoring a lot of their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. like, you're looking at Almiron and you're like, that's the Almiron that we all know. You know? So, realistically. He's back to playing the Grealish. Exactly. Like, they could always go back, they could always upgrade on Almiron. They could always upgrade on Wilson, to be honest. Wilson's always injured too. Yeah. yeah. And he can't, his finishings went down as well. Mm-hmm. Like, even against the previous game. And missed, this game, he's missing missed a chances. Yeah. chance. If Newcastle, Newcastle need during the summer is they need a top quality number nine. Yeah. And they probably need a top quality ten as well. Mm-hmm. Somebody have a bit more creativity in that midfield because they are lacking that as well. Yeah, big time. And, and I've already mentioned my opinions on St. Maximum is he's a bit of. He's a bit of uh, flashy skills. He wears a Gucci headband, all this shit. But when it actually comes to getting assists and goals, he's a bit lackluster. If they get James Mollison in, it could change them next season. That would Definitely. be a massive signing for them. And, and get Isaac fit. Fit, yeah. yeah. Well, I know they're looking at Mollison and they're looking at Kieran Tierney. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, I love Kieran Tierney. I think Kieran Tierney would be a great signing for Newcastle. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Yeah. As an attacking outlet of a left back. Oh, he so would. you're not relying solely on Kieran Trippier. Yeah provide that outlet down yeah, the wings no big time absolutely absolutely uh, moving on to the next game uh, Chelsea with a 1-0 win over Leeds uh, scrappy enough game but Graham Potter keeps his job safe for at least another week folks I've just written an article um, on yes. the uh, bottom bins WordPress so if you would like to head on over to my Twitter at Richie Giorno and just click on the link and give it a read um, obviously just looked at whether Potter um, deserved more time Um Again, a result like this just sort of papers over the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the fact that they're only beating Leeds by a goal, it's still not great reading. Missing a lot of chances. Uh, Felix especially missing a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Havertz missing chances. It's, you know, watching Chelsea this season is just, um, it's quite strange. You know, you, you can see Potter's imprint on the team. You can see the style of football that they're trying to play, but it's not coming off. And again, you look at all the money they invested in January and these should have been players that were going to come in and implement then Potter's style of football and it just hasn't transpired that way. You know, you're looking at it and Enzo Fernandez sitting on the bench didn't come on until maybe the 65th or 67th minute. It's yeah. a guy that cost you 105 <laughs> million quid. Mudrick sitting on the bench every week. It's a guy that cost you 100 million. You know, he, he preferred to go with options like Kovacic mm-hmm. over the likes of Enzo Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Loftus Cheek in there too. Loftus Cheek, you know, like, like again, no disrespect to Ruben Loftus Cheek, but he should not be playing at Chelsea. He's, no, not anymore. No, no like no. he's just not that caliber yeah. of player to be honest. And when he was a youngster, I could have understood yeah. him breaking into the team and getting games, but then he just completely fell off. But not at twenty-seven years of age, you know it's what I mean? Yeah, yeah, not when you have a hundred and five million or hundred whatever million that was. World Cup winning young player of the tournament mm-hmm. sitting on the bench behind mm-hmm. them. Like, do you think they arrested him though because of the Champions League? They could have, yeah. and I could understand it if they were arresting him. But at the same time, you know, you spent one hundred five million on the lad. Like, yeah, you know, know. He, if anybody has a right to play every yeah. week, it should probably be that guy. You and know, also they need results at the minute, so I don't even know if they can afford to be arrested. Yeah, I know that I know they got the result. Look, yeah. we know Leeds aren't aren't great even though they have some good players we've talked about it before but like as you said Chelsea should be blowing leads out of the water Yeah, but even yeah. even with wrestling these spies like the players they had they missed some good chances Havertz was one on one Merlier made a good save in yeah. fairness to him well he, he could have squared it to Felix and, yeah, and, and he yeah. didn't and then Felix had the crossbar and stuff mm-hmm. so like look at there's maybe a couple more goals coming but 
took Wesley Fafana to score the winner. Like, yeah, that's all that attacking um, talent there is. Mm-hmm. Like. That's our first goal since February 14th or something like that. Since like, three weeks, like they just I'm, can't score goals. Obviously, it saves Potter for another week, but as Richie's alluded to, it really is paper over the cracks. Yeah, it's and inevitable, it's, and it's fucking thin paper like, they're using. Like Leeds, <laughs> Leeds, it's fucking. It's, they're fucking throwing. It's like tracing paper they're throwing over there. Like <laughs> can't even get the good old fucking A4 sheets out. Hey. But like uh, Leeds are brutal as well. Like I've seen some stat they've played 13 away games this year in the Premier League and they have six points. Like they're brutal. Like it's not even that. And it's not an impressive win. And Leeds actually at the end they kind of put the pressure on and got a maybe got a draw. The, the goalkeeper missed a header at the end, but with Chelsea like. They keep missing chances. They don't really create that much. Um, and this is only their second one in 12 games. Like, that's yeah. shocking for a team that spent, was it over 300 million? Aye. Like, that is... 332 million in January or something. And we keep they've scored, like, 600 million from the... from yeah. the, They've spent, sorry, from the summer transfer window, about 600 million. And we said every week, how does Havertz keep sorting? He just misses chances consistently, and he just doesn't do anything for the team. Like, at least Mount's kind of got dropped now. Yeah. Because he's been... Well, well, funny. I when I was doing my research for the article there, I was I was saying this to Warren. Right. Um, I did a direct comparison between Chelsea now and Brighton at this stage last season. Yeah. So both. So Chelsea under Potter. This was as of like February twenty first. Yeah. I think I, my cutoff I left it. It was February the twenty first. Um, because actually Brighton went on an upward trend then after that 21st, so I wanted to get you know the juiciest thoughts about they could. So basically, um, from February 21st, then uh, Graham Potter has 23 with 23 games with Chelsea, and at that stage then last year he had 23 with Brighton. He had eight wins at Chelsea, seven at Brighton. Uh, he had was it seven draws with Chelsea or eight draws with Chelsea and whatever it was and no 12 with Brighton oh, 12, was but it? With, in terms of losses, oh, losses he had eight was. losses with Chelsea but only four with Brighton mm-hmm. with yeah. Brighton he had two more points at this stage in the Premier League um, he was a position higher in the Premier League he had scored three more goals with Brighton and had conceded the same amount of goals with Brighton as he has with Chelsea I think that's it's just crazy, crazy. it comes bad. down to just the pressure being off at Brighton mm-hmm. like you know what I mean like 12 draws for Brighton isn't bad but a draw at Chelsea is the same, basically the same as a loss yep. and I just don't think I talked before I don't think Graham Potter has the ability he's maybe a bit too early he hasn't had the experience in management to be able to control the dressing room so many egos in it yep. yeah. like if you tell any young like at the end of the day footballers are young men like they're only in their, most of them are only in their 20s nowadays good footballers 24, 25 is your prime like, yeah. like these are young men You're going if you're going to tell somebody you're worth over 100 million pound anybody's going to get cocky mm-hmm. like somebody turns around and goes I'm going to spend 100 million pound on you then you're expecting to fucking play every second of every game and I don't think Potter has the ability as a manager to control these players and ex- like make them feel okay I'm not playing this game but I'll play next game I don't think he can get those players to work for him the way he could work with players with Brighton when he had the kind of us against the world mentality and the underdog mentality because that's not there anymore Yeah, yeah. like he's expected to win every game no matter who they're playing mm-hmm. and now they're on the brink of heading out of the Champions League they're stirring it over the the chasm of having nothing left in this season they're out of all the cups um, like they're not getting European football in Premier League or like maybe they'll get Conference League or something I don't even think Chelsea want to fucking play in the Conference League no, no, no. so like they're, they're one game away from their season the rest of their season being completely pointless yeah, yeah. and look at I just think Graham Potter is a dead man walking like yeah. he'd have been sacked any other year at Chelsea 100% yeah. under yeah. the old ownership under, under the yeah. 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 But it's not even the fact that they're, they're losing it's just like they're not playing well and they did put money into the club but it, it was a tough situation for him to come into but you still but need to get results. It is embarrassing when you think about it. Like six hundred million pounds spent 
sacking probably one of the best managers of this generation to replace him with, yes, a very good up-and-coming young English manager. You can understand sort of the profile and, and the avenue that they wanted to go down, but they've really been left with egg on their face. Chelsea yeah. are 10th in the Premier League, like, 10th. Yeah. Like, the sack of Mahoney came in and won them a Champions League, they had no right to win. No. I think the sacking, though, was more to do with Tuchel, though. Like, it was more to do within the club. Kind yeah. Because he's been sacked at PSG, Borussia Dortmund, and now Chelsea. So yeah. I think he does fall out with ownership. Mm-hmm. And I think to get, he had, like, no no other solution than to sack him. But to replace him with a manager with so much inexperience was a bit crazy. You thought yeah. Chelsea, massive club, were going to spend $600 million. You thought they would have got like, a better manager in there, a more experienced manager. Potter's done more to deserve being sacked than Tuchel has. Yeah, agreed. Club, no, no, no that's true. He's done worse. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Wolves beat Spurs 1-0. Adama Traore scored an absolutely phenomenal goal off the crossbar and in. Um, <laughs> we didn't expect this result, let's be real. We were all talking about it last week, about how Keane's got a good record against Wolves and stuff. Yeah. and um, Just didn't turn out that way. But look, Antonio Conte is back now, so maybe a change of fortune in, 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 in the works for Spurs in the next few weeks. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, you look so at Spurs' form chart, it's like win-loss, oh. win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. I feel like one week we praise them, the next we talk yeah. shit about them, then we praise them, then we talk shit about them. Um, they're struggling without Banton Kerr. Yeah, they really are. It's obvious. We knew they would. Of course we knew they would, but to this extent, yeah. I didn't think so, to be honest. They're like, I, th- I think for Spurs fans, it's really evident how, how much of the glue... Benton Curry is, is to that mm. team. Even just for simple things like ball retention. Spurs didn't look like they could string seven or eight passes together in that game the other day. It's, it's not good. It's I, the only thing about Spurs was actually, I didn't think they played that badly, if you know what I mean. Like, I've seen them play worse, but the last 30 minutes, they were just horrendous because Wolves kind of changed their formation to like a 3-4-3 and it just destroyed them. Because mm. like Spurs in the first half had 11 shots, Wolves had none. Like, Wolves were terrible the first half and they said that after the game to the manager... What do you call the guys? Spurs. Uh, I begins with S or S. Is it Skidarva or something, something like that? Like there, he, um, the last time, why did it take you to the seventy seventh minute to make your first sub? Was it made five subs by then? I think they just left it too late. And like, with Spurs, obviously are missing the players that are injured. But I've seen them play a lot worse than this, to be honest. This couldn't score. Like Son is just not in good form. He no, should have no. scored. He hit the crossbar. Form all season. No. Boy Poro hit the crossbar with a free kick. Um, but for Wolves, it was a huge win. But I thought Spurs have definitely played worse than that. It just was probably the last 30 minutes. It just didn't... Maybe that's just a squad depth as well with them injuries. They just don't have anybody to bring off Aye, the bench. to change the game. What's happened to Danjuma as well? Like, he just... Uh, Ashin was saying to me, he just... He can't buy a game at the moment. He just can't get on. You thought no. somebody like that bring him off the bench. Richarlison, I've seen they brought on... I've seen Gabby Bognahor was saying this. They brought on... Um, who was it they brought on before Richarlison? They brought somebody on before Richarlison. Oh, I can't remember who it was, but it was just like, Richarlison costs so much money. And he's done like was it that fella Gill Brian Gill or someone? Was no, it, it was Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora, yeah. And Lucas Mora hasn't got a kick in ages either. Yeah. And it's just like if you're bringing him on before Richardson, mm. how bad is Richardson playing? Yeah. It's like this is the man you've spent. How much spent on seventy million? Yeah, he spent like was? 60, 70 million on him, yeah. and he's just been underperforming. And it's mm. just like you need. And son has been poor, and he still starts. Yeah, Kane was quiet. That's what I worry about. Spurs. I still think Spurs can get top four with Conte back, and they're playing a bit better. But it is going to be. They can't afford any more injuries, to be honest. It, it mm. seems like nobody fucking wants the fourth place at the minute. Um, like fucking, it's the inconsistencies are just killing Spurs at the minute. It's like fucking Forrest Gump said, they're like a fucking box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to fucking get. Yeah. Like, every single week, they're either going to beat a team 4-0 or they're going to lose 4-0. 
I'm going to create a swear jar for you, lad. <laughs> I've made a fortune in this podcast. And the one out of the, the one out of the cup as well, which is a huge, huge one. Yeah. Which arrested Harry Kane, in, which makes no sense because if you asked a Spurs fan that would nope. they take a cup over Champions League, mm-hmm. probably would because it's important for them to win a cup. Yeah. Like, well, Wolves are up to 13th now. Yeah. yeah we've praised Lapitani umpteen no, times in this podcast. Like. Right, so he's doing a great job of Wolves. We know the talents in that Wolves yeah. team. Yeah. Um, they're star starting the show, but Sarabia's come in, being fantastic. Even like, Adama Traore scored an absolute screamer. So, like, Wolves do have great players. We know it. They still do worry about up front lacking the, the, the goals necessarily. Like, yeah. It was good for yeah. it. It was a good goal from Traore, like, but it's not sustainable. They're not creating great chances. Do you know what, though? Jimenez was on real the other day. Yeah, that's what uh, I've seen that. He played very, very well. Yeah. Sub, they made like five subs and he completely changed the game. Jimenez is not a bad footballer. Like, it's not as if he had this head, head injury and he's just been shit. Like, mm. he plays well. It just, it's just, it, it's just, just doesn't score. It's like he's lost that, that yard, yeah. if yeah, you know what is. I mean. Like, yeah. when, he, when he's in front of goal, it's just like... It's almost just like he shits himself or, yeah. or he panics. And like, yeah. he was never that player. Like He was so good before that injury, though. And that's oh, expectation we're so good, waiting lad. on, you know. Like, he's still a good player, but before that injury, like, he was a top striker. Oh, 100%. League, 100%. 100%. Like, I know, Oren, like, you like Adama Traore. You always did like Adama. Yeah. Um, like, you would have thought at the stage he probably would have kicked on, wouldn't you? And he, and he would be one of, like, the elite players in the Premier League. Well, look, I, I like him just because I think he's a good utility player. Like, this is a player who, for Wolves, has played right back, striker, right wing back. He's played in midfield. He's played on the right wing. He's played in the left wing. Like he'll he'll go anywhere mm-hmm. and he'll do you some sort of a job. Like yep. he is Premier League proven. Yeah. Whether he doesn't get the like, I know pre- that football is in a, is a stop business now. Ah, oh, stop results happens. business yeah. and everything. But Adama Traore, there's a reason why every year since Conte has been at Spurs, he's been linked for that right wing. Yeah, he's tried, tried to say yeah. him yeah. and. Like he always is being linked to the big clubs, whether it's to immediately go in and start or as a backup player. He is just a good player, and that's why I like him. But I'm not expecting him at any stage, and I never did expect him to go and get double figures and goals, double mm-hmm. figures and assists every year because it's not the type of player he is. But he is just one of them players that, if you ask him to do a job, he'll go and do it. Yeah, and he'll give yeah. it. He'll, he'll give it his best shot. You're never ever not going to get a hundred percent from a Damatroy. Yeah, and that's what I like about him. Like, no matter what, he'll do a job for any team in the world. Like, he's never going to be the boy you bring in as the missing piece. He was a Barcelona last season. I know. I know. Do you know what I mean? He's such an exciting player as well because he's yeah. just so good at taking players on. Yeah. He's had raw pace and he's strong, but it's just his end product. Maybe is a bit. Yeah, you know, scoring goals and stuff like that. But and that, it's it's unfortunate that that's the way football is has turned into realistically because he's a winger and all that's being looked at in terms of his game is st- his assists yeah. and, and uh, goals mm-hmm. whereas what he actually does in the game is what should be being looked at realistically mm-hmm. yeah. um, okay moving on um, quickly we're going to talk about uh, the rest of the games so a 4-0 win for Brighton against West Ham Brighton really are just a, a really really good team yeah. and West Ham really are just a poor team this yeah. season Um Four 0 Matoma once again, but Alexis McAllister, the World Cup winner for a reason, like balling, balling. McAllister so so good, yeah, so so good. Player, like, yeah. Really really good. Matoma has been exceptional. Like you know, a lot of people I I'd say I just assumed whenever um, Trossard left, the Brighton were gonna really struggle. Rumble. 
um, for, for goals and, and goal contributions, but Sally March has stepped up a level, McAllister stepped up a level, Gross has stepped up a level, and now they're lucky that they have a, a player like Matoma, who on current form at the minute you would look at, and there's not many teams in the Premier League you wouldn't walk into and, and, and play in. Nope. Um, Pascal Gross has created the second amount of chances in the Premier League since 2017, only behind Kevin De Bruyne. That's small, that's He's crazy. so underrated. Yeah, like yeah. I've seen so many people, uh, like Brighton fans on Twitter, and um, for some reason I do follow quite a few Brighton fans on Twitter, and I, I've seen loads of them yeah. saying like he genuinely is one of our best players ever. Oh, uh, hands down. Yeah. yeah, hands down. But there was that season. Was it maybe the sixteen seventeen season? I think he ended up winning. He was the top assister in the league one year. Might have been seventeen eighteen. I think he only signed seventeen eighteen. Was it seventeen eighteen? Maybe uh, there was definitely one year he was he was top of the assist charts in the Premier League anyway. And I remember like that season because he. Re- he had a really, really good season, and then he sort of died off for a wee bit, and then he was only sort of coming off the bench. And always scores uh, against United, but now see at the minute, <laughs> yeah, like, he, does, always, does always. Yeah, he does, he does. But at the minute, like you can't take him out of the team. Yeah, he's, he's unreal. But, like, but Brighton have so many unreal. underrated players. Like yeah. I even seen their manager came out and was like, "How is Dunk not got a England camp? an England camp? Yeah, because yeah. he true. is a good centre back. He's underrated. He's been a good centre back. Yeah. Even your boy years. Uh, yeah. Veltman and all he scored there at the weekend. Yeah. He's like yeah. they signed him for six hundred thousand pounds. I know, and he was playing for the Dutch national team when they were saying yeah. yeah. and they had like boys like Burns was there yeah. like they have some really good players that are yeah. just so underrated they're kind of yeah. forgotten about they're only three points off Newcastle I think if they win their games in hand they go above Liverpool yeah it's like, insane they're a very good team look they have some top top talents there yeah. you know the likes and they have of a top top manager exactly yeah. I don't Webster, think he'll stay though I don't think he'll stay Colwell I buy Colwell if they could get him on a permanent now that would be uh, Ferguson as well Avon Ferguson Avin yeah. Ferguson Ferguson's could be a real Top striker like Ferguson could explode here he now. Very good 18. 18. Yeah. 18. He seems so to have everything. He seems to have got, everything. He's got Kambambe shaking in his boots for these Euro qualifiers. <laughs> 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 well, Kambambe is out for the rest of the season, so he doesn't get him shaking. Did you see as well? Like, <laughs> no, no, that's why he's out for the rest of the season. <laughs> Brighton dropped their goalkeeper as well. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Put in Steeling. He was good. Yeah. To be honest with you, I kind of agree with that because Sanchez has been yeah. very poor to be honest yeah. oh, he's, been off, he's been off the boil in recent weeks makes a few yeah. Yeah. Big, big mistakes time, yeah. who was it against he, was it where he dropped, Hollis, Hollis, where he dropped, dropped the ball, the ball. Yeah. Yeah. strange like I was two points lost because yeah. he dropped the ball yeah. 100% yeah. Um, fair play fair play to the manager yeah. making the big decisions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ballsy decision has to be done um, I could be talking about how good Brighton Hart the wings Matoma is fantastic mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. even Solly March as, as a different man yeah uh, since the Serbies come in like it's it's been night and day for Solly March but what about yeah. West Ham like what's going wrong 4-0 so they're chanting you don't know what you're doing it's crazy yeah. like, yeah. and they're, they're chanting that they're to a man who brought them to European back to competition back. in the last two years yeah. they've done really well what they get semi-finals last year got semi-finals. beat by Frankfurt yeah. Yeah. in the Europa and League and Frankfurt won it and Frankfurt won yeah. it thank god and like They've Declan Rice there. <laughs> They've Declan Rice there, who they're still claiming is a hundred, hundred and twenty million pound player. No, he is Look, not. He's not. No, he no, is not. But they have not. still got really, good really good players yeah, in that yeah. team. Like, what, what's going on there? It's like, just so strange. There comes a point where the players have to take responsibility. Hundred percent. Like, if you're getting beat four 0 that's not down to tactics. No, that's down to the players not getting the shit. They're old though. It's one yeah. thing I ever, I never actually thought about. They're an old side. Fabianski's old. Ogbonna is old. Mm. They, they're, they're, Fabianski's like thirty six. Yeah, yeah, man. Man, Ogbonna's like thirty four. Jesus Christ! Yeah, he's been about a long way. Like. Emerson's like twenty nine. Yeah. 
What is this? Cresswell is like 33, 34. Sochak's like 20. He's completely. Well. Yeah. He's went off a boy. Do you, do you know something though? See from that first season, Sochak had. I actually never realised this when I was just I was just researching West Ham Melody because I was thinking about writing an article on them. Um, so West Ham fans loved him in that first season, but do you see ever since that first season, yeah. West Ham fans have been asking for him to be dropped. Like this, this isn't just one season of Sochak mm-hmm. being bad. Yeah. So obviously he's been at West Ham three years. First season was excellent, but apparently for the last two years, like Sochak has been absolutely terrible. Well, I was at the United and West Ham game last year at Old Trafford. Me and my brother went, and my brother will tell you this as well. See, whenever West Ham were warming up, and they were warming up like right in front of where we would have sat when we were at Old Trafford last year, Richie. Whenever Sochak was like taking a shot, they booed him. Jesus. Mm. He, he does seem to get a lot of headlines because he's such an aerial threat. He used to get the goals in the first yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. That's think went in his away. first season he was West Ham's top scorer. Yeah. yeah. That's went away I could now. be wrong, but I think he was. He's very slow in midfield as well. In that yeah. first you know, season, he was far better than Declan Rice beside him. In that first uh, season, nah, I think he was. Rice is depth too. I think you said that was his start too. You were like, kind of like, I think Rice is depth like I this season. Okay, he has. It's because it's like nobody really says anything about it though. It's just like maybe because he's English. English yeah, so I, I think Rice is the prime example of that English bi- English bias. You know, you always yeah. see those memes on Twitter, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, Diego Rizzini, oh, he's only worth thirty million. <laughs> yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Uh, um, but yeah. look, at, he came out of the game calling out the fucking so-called experts. Weren't they on the pitch? So-called experts are fucking very keen. He was. He's been on the pitch. He's done everything on who, the pitch. Who, greatest who, who Premier played, ever. Ex- yeah. Who played the same position you yeah. did, or something? So I know football's different now, but played a similar position mm-hmm. you did. I didn't think Roy Keane said anything wrong, by the way. No. Dakin Rice, like if he is supposed to be West Ham's fucking main man, yeah, he should be getting more goals. He should Definitely. be getting more assists. If he's worth 120 million, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're not paying 120 like, million for somebody who's a passenger in midfield. Like, what are you, just Dakin Rice now? 24, 24, 23, 24. He's still young. He's still young. But but he's getting in that age where you're not getting, you're not paying for the youth anymore. No. You know what I mean? Like, there's people paying crazy money for 18 year olds because they have that youth. Declan Rice doesn't have that youth anymore. So the upside is starting to go down a wee bit. So he's not 120 million pounds. Hey, watch yourself, lad. You're only a year younger than him there. I'm the same age as him. Are you fucking trying to say about me, lad? Trying to say I'm not young? No. (laughs) Trying to say you're not worth 120 million, (laughs) lad. Oh my god. He's getting crossed up on the court tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cheeky one there. Right? The birthday beating is becoming early, boy. <laughs> That's a cheeky one. Do you know what, lad? I think it was because he was playing in the other goals last night, so he didn't have the solidity of me sitting in front of him uh, to yes. just uh, have it. That's right. Have it. That's right. <laughs> you wouldn't say I'm not worth I'm not worth 120 million after what you seen yesterday. I'll say 50 million, like. 50 million 50 mil if you're English if you're English you'll go up to 70 like. <laughs> fair enough I, Joe, I do Which, no, he's still telling me I'm not worth more than Harry Maguire yeah. Joe I don't want that's uh, you know, people can fall out in this podcast you know who your mates are you know who your mates are yep. <laughs> okay we've three more games to talk about um, let's just quickly talk about Southampton and Leicester because it, it was a meaningful game for both of them teams a, a huge three points for Southampton as we've said, we, we keep saying that they're already down. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, they're not. They're Do you know what I mean? Like, They're not even on the bottom of the table anymore. No. That's a big win. Massive one. Massive mm-hmm. one. Um, but the, the goal scorer, as we joked about earlier, Horn, shouldn't have been on the pitch. No, we shouldn't have. Uh, the tackle was absolutely brutal. And look, I, I can only say this as somebody, uh, as a striker, right? If, if somebody tackled me like that, I'd want to see them walk. Um, brutal, brutal challenge. And then, yeah, the the 
karma or whatever they want to call it then that's the guy that goes goes up the pitch and scores the goal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a, it's a very important goal because it, it's a goal that's you know looking to lift Southampton out of relegation places and it's a goal that's maybe sinking Brandon Rogers ever deeper mm-hmm. into the yeah. abyss here at the it's, minute so it's crazy they're only like two points outside the relegation zone like that's our first one at home since August um, but Leicester <laughs> missed Leicester missed so many chances like Ian Acho even at the end had the crossbar like mm-hmm. Leicester be kicking themselves because Southampton are not good but that's a big win because they're two points outside the relegation zone and you just never know. Mm. Any team we seem to write off just wins the next yeah, week yeah. or loses. <laughs> so to the fans at home, you may hope, 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 yeah. hope that we're calling your team shade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea about to go on the modest one. <laughs> Look, at fair play to Southampton, they showed a lot of character, especially after missing the penalty yeah. as well. Like, yeah, the, the keeper saved it, but like said missing because it doesn't give the keeper any credit. Yeah, but it was good to see. It was good to see. Because it was a good penalty. Yeah, it was. But like, Usually, they could, you could see a team crumble out that team who hasn't been scoring goals, yeah. hasn't been creating shots. Especially when the main outlet has been James yeah. Ward-Price. Yeah, James yeah. Ward-Price missed the penalty. Yeah. Uh, Ward made a great save. That could have brought them down. But fair play to them for sticking it out. getting And getting the win. Yeah. Massive getting a massive win. Yeah. And it's such a relief to be able to look down and see somebody blow you. Yeah, 100%. Like, lad. I know you're only talking about two points of a difference. Yeah. And like it's so tight down there yeah. at the minute. But it's just such, it just lifts such a big weight off your shoulder to not be at the foot of the table. Yeah. That yeah. you do have that wee small buffer that okay, there's two teams we're after now, not instead of three teams. Well, that's it. You know, you, you can go into training at least that week smiling a wee bit. Yeah. You know, not not having so much doom and gloom mm. surrounding you. Especially but, after getting yeah. beat by Leeds. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But look, the, the thing is, they can't just have a win like this and consider the flash in the pan. They need to try and put a bit of yeah. a, a bit Get of a run together here. Yeah, Definitely. big time, big time. Definitely. Um, another big game, two uh, two. It ended. It was Nottingham Forest and Everton. Um, Brandon Johnson with two goals it, it looks like he's finally the Brandon Johnson that we seen in the championship last year mm, I don't know I'm still sort of holding out that he's not scoring goals that he is, is, he is scoring goals we always, biggest said, league in the world. we always said like his link up playing always good it was just about his finishing yeah, I think and it has improved a bit yeah. so. I think this is the fourth game this season he scored a brace in like, so yeah. he is scoring goals at mm. a pretty decent rate and it was actually a great game it was a really good, was a good op- game. open game Everton will be a bit annoyed having to lead twice in that game not not seeing it, not out. Seeing it out although in saying that though lad I actually did think Forrest I, out of the balance of play I actually think Forrest would come away from that the, the unhappiest to be honest well, at the city ground with their momentum yeah. and all and their, 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 their results at the city ground so yeah. far this year it probably I, works anytime you're, anytime you're losing no matter where it is and you, even, you get a point out of the game still a decent no, result, a yeah, result. Like, yeah. I, did you think Everton played that well though I thought they were very average like. I didn't think they played great but they've no real quality they, they played better than they have been playing look no to be fair what, what have we said about them what did they miss they miss a striker, striker. And they got two goals. goals. Two goals was a penalty and a header from Decorey from a set piece. From That's a all set piece. Score. I feel like, they, they, I feel like they could have had another penalty. I do feel Seamus Coleman was, fa- was fouled. Yeah, it could have been so, like, It's one of those ones, lad, I think if it was given, I could understand it, but I do think it would be soft. Yeah, look, I know it looks like he kicks the player, and he does, but the force by puts his foot there. Like, Seamus Coleman is starting to wind up before mm. the tackle goes in. Like Coleman can't just stop going and kick the ball because somebody sticks a foot there. Uh, it is one of them. That's it, interpretation, though. Lad. It's all down to interpretation. Like if it was given, it wouldn't be overturned. Uh, yes, I, yes, I, yes, I can understand. Yeah, I can, un- I can understand VAR not giving it because it yeah. wasn't given because it is one of those 50-50 ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my opinion, there's enough there for a penalty. Yeah. But as I said, I understand why it's not given and it's never going to be overturned by VAR. Look at us. Look at everything. They weren't great, but they've, they've 
been a lot better under Deitch than they were under Lampard. They're, yeah, getting, that's true. they're getting results. No, they, do, they work harder and they do. They're set up better, like to be fair. We yeah. like we've talked so many times how they're missing an attacking outlet. Like, oh, look at their goals come from a penalty from Damari Gray. Yeah. Their goals from, come from Decore. Their biggest goal of the season came from Seamus Coleman last week. Again, yeah. or a couple weeks ago again, Leeds. Like, great finish. That was a great finish. I think one match a day is goal of the month there. But mm-hmm. like, they are putting a run together. And like, it's another team like. Uh, a month ago, we were we were caught, we were telling Everton Southampton were the two dead men walking. Mm-hmm. Everton have a bit of life about them again. They have a bit of steel. Obviously, the win against Arsenal was massive for them, but they have backed it up with other results. A big, massive win against Leeds. Points at the City Grounds, which sometimes they struggle to get points at the Absolutely. City Grounds. No, they're unbeaten in nine. They're like so, yeah. they're good. Like it's a good result. Uh, it'd be di- uh, they'll be disappointed with having the lead and not holding on, holding it out. But it's still a good result for them, and it still gives them. Another point, and of where they are on the table, every point is crucial for now until the end of the season. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't be massively disheartened if I was an Everton fan. It's another step in the right direction. Do will they get enough to keep them there? It's hard to say, but it is a step in the right direction for them. Definitely, definitely. Look, we said it last week on the podcast that the relegation battle really, really is heating up, and uh, I would say we're in for a lot more shocks and twists and turns before the season's out as well. It's a season, yeah. lad, in all seriousness. It's lot. just, it's crazy. It's just like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, going into the final game, uh, we're going to talk about the final game of the game week, which was last night. It was Brentford versus Fulham. Brilliant game of football. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant, brilliant game, game of football. Very, very entertaining. We were expecting this. Any other year we were probably thinking, mm, I'll probably miss that one. Yeah. But yeah. a brilliant game of football um, for, for the neutral football fan. A 3-2 win. Um, for Brantford got the job done with a late goal coming from Carlos Vinicius to consolidate Fulham maybe a bit of positive maybe something positive to take from the game with the, the late goal but 3-1 it, it was dead and gone for Brantford um, mm-hmm. the, Ethan Pinnock on the goal, on the goal sheet um, Ivan Tony again with his 100% record in the Premier League with penalties and a brilliant goal at the very end uh, what do you call him? Uh, Janssen. Matthias Janssen. Janssen yeah. Who's been phenomenal for Brantford this very, year. Very, very good football. Um, yeah, just one of them games that a general football fan would have loved to watch. Like, mm-hmm. it, was just, yeah. it was two fun teams playing each other. Yeah. you like to watch. In good positions in the league mm-hmm. this year. Like fighting for European football. European, yeah. Like, I think Brantford are unbeaten in the last 13, 12. 12. 12. Yeah, like, that's, 12. The lo- that's the most longest Brantford haven't league, lost a Premier League game since October 2022. That's mad. And they've played City, they've played Liverpool, Arsenal, Arsenal. played Arsenal. Like, at Arsenal too. Crazy. That was their first game in 16 days when they came out flying. Crazy. They played really well. Like, they play such good football as well. They're fun to watch and Tony is... Credit to the manager. 15th goal this season. Like, he is a top striker. It's just just a pity Tony's going to go down for the batting at some stage. Uh, He's so fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Top, top striker. Brantford team's so fun to watch. Um, Even, like, Rico Henry's fantastic up and down that left yeah. flank. Ethan Pinnock looked really good last yeah. night. Their midfield is just yeah, excellent, solid. Just a pity they couldn't keep Proper a bloody solid. clean sheet when I had Ben Me and David Rea. I know, I know, I know. Me's been very good to see. What, what, yeah, what yeah, you going to do? Yeah, Me has been fantastic. Me and Tarkovsky for leaving Burnley on a free, both of them on a free, mm-hmm. have been brilliant this well, season. Ben despite everyone's struggles, Ben Me looks like a completely different centre back for Brentford than he did yeah. for Burnley. Mm-hmm. Like obviously in the Burnley team on their day, it was route one football. Your centre back, his job. Block shots, win headers in your own box. Don't give a shade about that. But under at Bradford, he's become a really good ball playing centre back. Well, I said he's so yeah. com- he's so comfortable on the ball. Yeah, Joe's really mad though. When Dash was sacked, Ben May was the player manager. Yeah, at Burnley. That's right. That's crazy. And now he's having an absolute yeah. stormer, looking to be playing 
realistically they are hoping for Champions League well not Champions League sorry but European football yeah. Yeah. next season and he would have suited Burnley as well because company kind of plays that better yeah. football now and let's not forget this is only Bradford's second year in the Premier League Yeah, mm-hmm. Thomas Frank has done an unbelievable job yeah, he's a good and he, like the fans like even we've seen last night that stadium was rocking off that Aye. game it's an absolute party yeah. after the like, the yeah which I thought was so weird What's I, about, like, I was sort of sitting there going alright boys like he's haven't won anything like yeah. just no, but, like but, chill out a wee bit you know but maybe maybe that's like comes from me because like sat to do the same thing after every game they go around the fans and have a bit of a dance I love that I, I think that's really good to get the fans involved with the team it helps create that link between fan and player which at the end of the day football is not home without them so the fans are enjoying themselves the players are enjoying themselves there's a great buzz about the club I, I really enjoy that like I think there's a real community about Brantford like the stadium is called the community the stadium the GTA community yeah. stadium yeah. yeah so like but I think it's really I love watching Brantford play I love less, their fans get behind them I love some of their players. I, I think their manager is fantastic. So, and look at Fulham for uh, from another team. We talked about Brentford in the championship two years ago. Brent Fulham in the championship last year, and they've f- been fantastic this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, obviously they got beat. Um, shit happens, like in a London derby, but they're still a good team. A good team to watch. They still have some fantastic players. Look, of course like, they are. Okay, Mitrovic has fallen off the boil a wee bit recently, but this season he has proven that he is a Premier League striker, which yeah. was always the question over him. Mm-hmm. And like Alexa Joe Polina has been fantastic. Uh, he was a big miss. He was suspended last night. He was yeah, a big miss. Big miss. Um, but then you have Alexa Pereira, who's come from United. He was always a bit meh at United, but mm-hmm. the follow him, he's been really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And Alexa, they were. I'm like. Thank you. That mouth was not working. Uh, there. He's been great for fun. William's as well. been good as well. William looked like William's looks like good, William yeah. at uh, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea yeah, compared because yeah. when he was at Arsenal, he just looked like yeah, a shadow himself. Given like, up Leno, Issa Diop, both of them have been phenomenal yeah. as well. Yeah, like, shout out to Richie's pack. Yeah, Richie's pack scored again. Solomon, big man, Arsenal always scores even in the FA Cup. He's bloody scoring. Man is guaranteed one goal a game. Yeah, five five. Definitely, definitely, and and no better way to end and move on to our predictions when talking about Richie's picks. So our, our picks of the week, we're going to start with Conor Dorman. Yeah, um, it's hard one to say. I'm going to go for Salah, because two goals, two assists, he was good. His goal was first goal, or yeah, his first goal, wasn't it? Yeah, the half volley. Yeah, even his pass to Gakpo for the third goal. Obviously, like Reese Nelson, you could have went for like three Liverpool players, like Gakpo, yeah. Nunes, but Mo there Salah was, was definitely the, he was the player of the week. He, he, as, before we go into the fantasy he'd be definitely a lot of boys we putting him back in the yeah. Premier League fantasy now like. definitely definitely. if you had him captain you were getting 42 yeah, points you were laughing like. serious Richie's pick thank you for moving on so swiftly by the way <laughs> really appreciate that one <laughs> didn't want to revisit that game so yeah. thank you <laughs> um, yeah my pick of the week I'm going to go for Phil Foden Phil Foden just think he's had a nice wee purple patch of form at the minute and I fully expect him to keep going the way he's going at the minute. See, that's the thing with Foden. He has this sort of ability to transcend and transform games. Yeah. And yeah. he is he can be a match winner when he needs to be. Proved it at the weekend. Proved it the week before. So, Phil Foden's going to be my fantasy pick of the week. Yeah. Really the good, the only yeah. problem is, are you either going to score a hat-trick or not play? Because you don't know what the Pep's going to be. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. That's that's true. That's that's true. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Richie's pick is it's definitely came back. In the last few weeks, yeah. it's got yeah. its it's got its swagger back. Hey? Yeah, it's got its swagger back. Um, so definitely want to look out for in the in the fantasy Premier League. Uh, okay, the cream, of the cream, Teddy of the week, boob of the week. Owen, look, I'll be honest, with you, it has to come from that game. Yeah, and of course. I, I was yeah. looking at every time I looked at it, another player looked shy from United. So I'm just going to give it to United as a whole. Yeah, this week, I'm 100%. not, not going to go into it more. So yeah. work away. Hundred percent, hundred percent. 
My cream of the cream daddy of the week is Owen. Even though it's his birthday. No, he's <laughs> No, look. It's far enough. Beat 7 0. But yeah. Okay. Uh, Odie's opinion <laughs> of the week. Swiftly <laughs> on. on. Um, Odie's opinion of the week. Okay, so I've went a bit different this week. So usually I've been talking about like teams and stuff and where I think they're going to finish and what the monitor's going to do or whatever. Um, but this is about a player um, that we've actually spoke about just there now. Um, he was missing from the game uh, in, the, in the Brantford and Fulham game and he was evident that his, his influence was missing that game. And my opinion this week is that Polina is the best midfielder outside of the big six in the Premier League. Ooh. And I've got yeah. some stats here that I want to back up with this. Um, so obviously people are going to say about James Madison, people are going to say Declan Rice, Bruno Gamores, Lucas Piquetta, Ruben Neves. Um, but this is what I, uh, when I was thinking about this, this is what I said, and, and I've wrote an article about, about it, just like Connor has about Graham Potter. I've wrote an article about it, and it's up on the Bottom Bins podcast, uh, the website, sorry. Um, so just to justify my decision, and I hope you can check that out. So he has three goals and 24 appearances from holding midfield. He has made 854 passes, and uh, he has an 82% pass success rate in all competitions. Um, he has a 75% tackle success rate from over 130 attempted tackles. He has an average rating of 7.07 in the Premier League this season. He's in the top 1% of midfielders across all top 5 leagues when it comes to successful tackles per 90. He is in the top 8% for clearances among all midfielders in the top 5 leagues when it comes to clearances per 90. And among all midfielders in the top 5 leagues, he's in the top 9% for aerial duels 1 per 90. Very impressive. He is a ridiculous, ridiculous footballer who was picked up for 18 million. Um, he, he's been a stalwart in Portugal's team he was picked up for 18 million by a Fulham side that we were probably thinking we're going to go down at the start yeah. of the season and now they're looking at European football and he has had a major influence on that but, so my opinion of the week that he's the best midfielder No, I, I'd agree with that because especially last night you could see he was a big miss and like that's the first time Fulham's conceded more than one goal since November and he was missing that game it's no coincidence like, yeah. he is massive for Fulham and in general he's such a top player Like I don't know how he's cost so little money yeah, yeah. it's a bargain look, I mean he, he, look he, McArdle thought he was going to be the young player of the year at the World Cup like him 27 like, <laughs> what, not, not, he thought he was going to be he's so good like, <laughs> somebody has to set the record for the oldest young player in the tournament by not doubling you but he's in his prime do you know what yeah. I mean this is a player in his prime and in that position he's still got realistically he's still got at least 6 or 7 years playing in that position at mm-hmm. the top level yeah. yeah like it would really really surprise me if he's at Fulham beyond this season. Yeah. No, I think he will be. Do you think so? I think he will yeah. be, yeah. If they get European football, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I do. I think but he will be. But if they don't, I think a big club's coming in from. I am going to have to disagree with you, though. Yeah. I don't think it's Paulinho. For me, it's Madison. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I think it is a bit of a, misma- a mismatch in, in the sense that Paulinho is a holding midfielder, yes, so he's yes, not yes, going to yes, get the same sort of glory. But. I just think Madison offers more to his side than Paulinho offers to his. I understand, yes, there's a big disparity in the positions in the table, don't get me wrong, but like, look what Madison's been doing in the Premier League mm. from okay. from his went to Leicester. He, it, like, to me, personally, Madison's the, the best midfielder outside the top six. To me, Madison's the player that should be playing in the top six that, for some reason, nobody has picked up. For me, like, no. for me the obvious choice is, is Madison. I seen some stat as well. Like it was like without Madison, Leicester in the six games have one point. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he is vital for them too. I understand that, but both just as good. you said, they're, yeah, they're both Polina. they're both vital, and they're do- both different positions, so it's hard to determine which one's more vital. I think Madison team. has 
been nice apart from this season though to tell you the truth because he's had Wilfred Ndidi who was renowned as one of the best holding midfielders in the world whenever mm-hmm. Leicester were at the peak of the powers yeah. mm-hmm. so I think Madison has been nice in that sense and that's my only real disagreement in, in your in, in my case sorry about James Madison because look he's, he's a phenomenal footballer and I do think he would walk into most sides in the Premier League I think he would walk into most sides in the top five leagues to tell you the truth yeah. I think he's yeah. that good but just in terms of Fulham came up from the championship yeah yeah like I know we've been talking about like Newcastle they're always struggling with relegation and stuff and now they're looking at European places this is a team that really 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 were not expected to be in the top half of the table let alone competing for European places mm-hmm. and their defensive stability this season with Polina in the on, on the field has been absolutely incredible his influence even getting three goals like I know that's not a whole pile, but getting three goals well, for a, a lot team for like a, there it's a lot for a DM. It's not his job. Like, no, no, it's not his job. It's a lot for a DM. Like, one of the goals he scored was like fucking 40 yards. Yeah. yeah. Where he absolutely whopped it into the top corner. And the but shows look, his build up play as well. Like, he has no assists, fair enough, but his build up play with 83% pass rate. No, it's, yeah. it's sick. They're great stats. The only thing I would say about Pelinia is, um, uh, like, again, it, it would be the only reason where. Like to me, Madison's just maybe on that wee level above. Is just I think Paulini is lucky because he has Reed beside him, and Reed does a lot of the dog work. Like Reed, if you if you watch Paulini in the game, Paulini is incredibly intelligent. He's always sort of standing in round the right area, he's getting ready to sort of anticipate where the ball's going to be. Same as what Casemiro sort of does at United. Like you don't really see Casemiro break a break a sweat. Mm. You don't really see it with Paulini either. But I think that's because obviously at United you have the likes of Fred. Or Sabitzer to run around and do that sort of hard yard sort of work. Reed does the same at Fulham. It, it means Paulinho is allowed to be as effective as he needs to be. So yes, I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, obviously when Madison had Ndidi behind him, Madison was able to be at his his absolute peak, his absolute best. But like the only thing I would say about it is you know like this season, Ndidi's not been good. And, no, he hasn't. And, 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 and Madison is still the go-to guy at Leicester. Yeah. I just don't know. If you took Reed out of that Fulham side, I know obviously they've Lukic now as well. But if, if if he played in a single pivot role, I'd be interested to see how well Paulinho did because I think he would then have to run a bit more, and I just don't know if that's necessarily his type of game. Mm, it'd be interesting, but like he's done for Portugal, playing on yeah. his own. It's either him or William Carvalho always mm. playing for Portugal, yeah. and he's able to do it, and like. Like Leicester's had Jerry Tielemans, who's probably been one of the best mm. midfielders in the last five or ten yeah. years in the Premier League. Like, do you know what I mean? So I don't think Piquetta should be part of this conversation, though. To be honest, Lucas Piquetta? No, no, I, he was just he was just a name. Yeah, out loud yeah. I think to be honest, Piquetta has been an incredible disappointment. Yeah, yeah. very disappointment. Incredible disappointment yeah. that I don't know why more people don't talk about that as one of the flaps of the. Like one of the flat transfers of, of the season, to yeah. be honest, because it's pathetic. Well, he was just yeah. an AM who was thrown in. He yeah. wasn't a serious I think, I think the, the comparable player between the two is Bruno. Bruno Gomares. Like, yeah. Similar positions. Yeah. But I do think, in my opinion, Polina just adds it, because obviously. It depends what type of midfielder you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. Like, Polina's your destroyer. He's the guy that breaks up the play and, mm-hmm. and, and is never flashy with it. Gomares is different. Gomares isn't the traditional destroyer. He is fancier on the ball. He can break lines. Mm-hmm. It just depends what you're after. Yeah. I think Paulini and Gamores in a midfield pivot would be fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my God, you're looking at a Premier League winning midfield there with say, like, put, say it, Madison Madison. Put, put it like this. See if you took every, t- every team outside the top 
the, the I'd say the top six and made a best eleven. Cut the challenge for the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So who's Premier best? best who's best goalkeeper? Raya. Raya. I'd say, I'd say to the top six. I'd say the top La- six. Lano's been good this Lano. year. Lano. But I would say. I'd, 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 I'd say Raya. Younger team. Well. I'd say Raya. Yeah. yeah. Best right or back. Nick Pope. Or Pope. Yeah, Nick Pope Nick actually. Pope, right. Okay. So say you go Pope. Right back. Trippier. Trippier. Two centre backs. Botman has to be one of them. Yeah. And like again, there you're maybe looking at a Lewis Dunk or someone like that. A Ben Me. Even a a Conza, a D up, somebody like yeah. that there. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea technically <laughs> come into this conversation too, yeah. you know. No, but we're saying the big six. The the big six. six. Yeah. So say you've got there, you've got Batman, and you've got um, say Ben Me, say Ben Me, yeah, yeah, uh, or Dunker, whoever it is yeah. you want, left back. Stupinian. I would go with Stupinian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you've got Paulinho and Bruno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Madison sitting in front of them. Uh, like again, there's a shout for Neves to come into yeah. that midfield as well yeah. on Alexis, the right wing. Alexis McAllister, Alexis McAllister could oh, come man, in there yeah. too. Tony up front. You've got Ivan Tony up front on the right. Mm. Sally March maybe. At the minute, yeah, you could look at Sally March. You could say Almiron maybe for the way he's played this year. Um, and then on the left, you know, you're looking Matoma. at the likes of a, a Matoma or someone like that there. Like, it, w- is that side good enough to challenge for the Premier League? I think that side's good enough to qualify for the Champions League, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. You know, it, it goes, just goes to show you the quality around the Premier League yeah. at the minute. Like, that's why teams are able to turn teams over now. Like, you're, in the world. you're not shocked when somebody, like, you're not shocked when, um, you know, like a Brentford beat, uh, say, a Spurs or, or, a, or a United. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not shocked. Because nope. you look at the quality on the pitch. Yep. These guys are all proper, proper teams yep. with proper managers, and yeah, shows, shows. Um, okay, moving on to predictions. We didn't do your predictions last week. Um, Glad we didn't. <laughs> same. <laughs> We've got um, no guest to play this week. It'll come back next week. Um, so our predictions. So the first game on Saturday is Bournemouth at home to Liverpool. We're going to start with you on birthday boy Liverpool. Dorman, I'm going to go draw. And Richie Liverpool. I'm going to go Liverpool as well. Everton at home to Brentford, Owen. Everton's at home? Yeah. Draw. Go to St. Craig, gets a draw. Okay, Dorman. Uh, Brentford. And Richie? I think Everton are going to be the first team to upset Brentford on this winning run. Everton. I'm going to go draw as well. Um, Leeds at home to Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton. Uh, draw. Draw. Brighton. Yeah, I'm going to go Brighton too. Um, Leicester at home to Chelsea. Six pointer. <laughs> um, draw. Leicester. Draw. Leicester. Uh, Tottenham at home to Nottingham Forest. Antonio Conte's back. Oh. Uh, Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham. Yeah, Spurs. Spurs. Uh, full house there for Spurs. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Man City. A, a bogey team for Man City recently. And it's, it's Crystal Palace at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go draw because they are a bogey team for the moment. Nah, I'm going to go City. Stick with City, yeah. City. I'm going to go Palace win. Um, Fulham at home to Arsenal. Go to stick with Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. Draw. Fulham. Um, Man United against Southampton. Yeah, even they can't do use that there. United's <laughs> going to bounce back. <laughs> no, United, yeah. Yeah, United. Yeah, United have to win that one. Um, West Ham against Alston Villa in the second and last game of game week. Where is it? At, uh, at, at the London Stadium draw Villa's playing better I'm going to go Villa 
I'm going to say Villa too. I'm also going to go Villa. And the last game is Newcastle versus Wolves. Owen. Ooh. That's in James' Park. I'm going to go Wolves. It's a big call. Go Newcastle because they're at home. Draw. I'm going to go draw too. Okay. That wraps up our predictions. Richie, if you want to see us out. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for listening. Uh, numbers are steadily increasing on, on the number of listens so listen thank you and, and if you are only hearing us for the first time or the first couple of times we just hope that you've been enjoying the content mm-hmm. and look we, we, we say this every week don't be afraid to you know leave a comment on if you're watching on YouTube um, there's a wee Q&A section on Spotify as well so if you are listening on those platforms don't be afraid to leave a wee comment and let us know what you think you can always message us on our socials as well give us a follow it's at bottom bins pod that's Instagram uh, Twitter and uh, TikTok as well uh, especially give the TikTok a follow some some good content on there and we try and get some some funny content up there for you as well um, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app that's P-R-L-Y Sports app on the Apple App Store come in have a footballing conversation with us again some very good um, content up there from myself and Oren and Connor as well um, up on the Parlay Sports app too um, so yeah just hope you've been enjoying the content and as always keep a bottom bins keep a bottom, keep bottom bins, bins. Keep